The Tape Never Lies Network. Starts now. Hey, who can't perform without visors? We're going to see if we can tonight. The TTNLA Cars, Keys, Season 1, Episode 10. Unlocked for everybody after a big Chicago Bears win in New England. Let's bring out the man of the hour, the legend himself, Mr. Cars, Keys. Can you see me okay? Can you perform? You know, uh, this is purely fashion. It's not medical. Um, so, you know, I, I really had to had to buckle yeah. down here. But I think we... Yeah, let me get the sweat off here. Yeah. You know, whatever the elements are, it's always the bright lights here down in this basement yeah. uh, that I got to prepare myself for. So let's let's see if we can do this, man. I'm watching... I'm I'm performing pretty good so far. I got the I got the Bucks game on in the background. Cars keys in front of me. It's uh I'm I'm doing good. My my visors are a little bit newer than 1990, so we'll see what happens. I I mean, first off, first off, these are new. Um, but uh, <laughs> when I go buy sunglasses, what I always make sure to do is to buy the most obnoxious ones that my wife will hate if I if I'm seen oh, yeah. in public with them. Uh, so yeah, this is uh, this is this is what we're just gonna roll with now. Yeah, we'll we'll see what comes out of this. Maybe nobody will view this show. You know, gotta see if our accuracy is on par or whatever. I'm sure. You know, when Phil lands, he's in the air right now. He's gonna love us even more, cars. There's no way he's gonna watch us. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> he's not on it. He's not watching. We're good. We're good. So before we jump into this, man, big week around here, um, you know, with the Chicago Bears, they going in New England. I'm not sure what would have been your prediction leading into New England. I picked 27-6 Patriots, so I was off in epic fashion. Yeah, but, uh, I would have expected single-digit points for us, especially the way, you know, New England had held Detroit, one of the highest scoring yeah. offenses at the time, the highest actually, uh, to zero points. So, yeah, I was expecting somewhere like a 23 to 7, 23 to 6, that type of output. Absolutely. So, where is your confidence level heading into this week? I mean, the, the Chicago Bears have been here before. You know, yeah. the quarterback has has a good game. And, uh, you know, this reminds me a lot. I always go back to the Thanksgiving game in Lambeau on Thanksgiving. John Fox, you know, the Bears pull off the upset and we're like, this team is, this is the turning point. You know what I mean? We've seen this so many times. Oh, yeah. But, but to me, where this feels different is there was so many warts with, with Jay. Yep. You know what I mean? That was... 
at that point, it was never going to change. Mitch had his warts, you know, it was, he would flash and then essentially just be mediocre to, to very average for the next six weeks. Yep. You know, he was never a high volume turnover guy, but he just kind of was who he was. The biggest difference for me is the accountability from the head coach. And I think that that is staff wide. You know, we can question the must for stuff, but the thing that sticks out most to me is I see flash plays from Justin Fields, not on a, you know, not one or two a game. Multiple. You see them almost every series. And that to me, this momentum, it's it's gonna if the Bears come out and get punched in the face in Dallas, then we're we're back where we used to be questioning more things. But this team to me, it just they're, they're young, they're enthusiastic. You know, I know we'll probably get into the Robert Quinn trade a little bit tonight and, and talk about that. But even that, what is different for me, cars in the past, you would trade a guy guy like that to get some compensation back, but you didn't have the next guy on the roster ready to go. Exactly. And then you also have a guy behind that. And then Kingsley Jonathan is a guy that they claimed. And are that they super obviously, high on. Yeah, yeah, that they're high on. And I know I have some Buffalo Bills fans that were very upset that the Bills weren't able to keep him, but they have such a deep roster. So those are the things that I see heading into Dallas that are different. But to me, it's always going to start and end with Justin Fields. And uh, it's going to be interesting, man. It's another big stage in Big D. And we're going to see what JF1 does. Well, I think, but I think what we learned regardless is that we're, we now know what the offense is going to look like until at least the bye. You know, yep. the, the thing I give them the most kudos for is it's it's very hard in a normal week to to change a whole scheme, right? Because yeah. you think about oh, it, you yeah. play on Sunday, Monday, most of the time they get a day off of rest. Tuesday, they come in for film watching, and it's really kind of like Wednesday, Thursday when the, the pads come on. So you've really yeah. got two days to implement. In this instance, right, they can start doing that for a lot quicker. So the fact that they made these changes um, was really, really big for me. And so you'll see these consistently probably until you know until the buy and i only say until the buy because that's really the next logical time that they can make a change right if it needs so my, my confidence um is higher that this will look like a more professional type of thing i think this is one of those matchups was that our, where, was that our segue to remove these oh yeah thank god um <laughs> i forgot how blind i am without regular glasses so everything was just so blurry um I really, it's a bad matchup for our offense versus their defense. It's a very favorable matchup for. Can't we can't we say that most weeks? Yes, yes, but I, I you know, yeah. it's even no, more I get what you're saying. elaborated. Yeah, I get it. But the other side of the ball, it's a very favorable matchup. Um, so I think I don't know because I don't want to. I still think they're going to lose in my heart of hearts because I just feel like you know but I feel it's going to look more professional, right? Yeah. Like that's the way that it's going. And I think we've talked about this for the most part. That's what's really, really important. 
Yeah, absolutely. And cars, you know, you've been around this long enough. What's the best way to stop a pass rush? Pass rush is run the football. Not only do you have two running backs that are very well capable of it, you also have a quarterback that can really turn the tides completely on a defense. And I mean, that's going to be a huge part of what we see. And I know we're going to get into it and it it, it goes beyond them because we have two young players, even another one in the backfield that you and I are both very, very high on and oh, yeah. a young tight end that has been taking a ton of bullets during his tenure in Chicago, but he is performing in a bit. He may not be putting up a ton of stats, but if you sit down and watch the tape, number 85 is putting on some uh, very good tape. In the, One in the running skill game. player played every snap last yep. week, and that and was who Cole was that? Yeah, and exactly. And he is asked to do so much, right? Like he is asked to stay in line and block. He is asked to be a, a kind of an additional, um, uh, you know, blocker on some of these plays. Like he is, he is tasked with so much. He has been. Phenomenal. I think one of the things that we'll talk about it later is formationally the way that we can see them help out. And I, we started to see a lot of those looks this week. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like this is a team that what they want to do is they want to get heavy and they want to hurt you. Yeah. And when, when Parsons as great as he is, as a pass rusher, he's not really that great in run support. Right. So you gotta just, you run at him. Parsons who was also him. limited in practice today. So that's another thing that you have to watch out for. Which is a big, which is a big hope, right? So I mean, yeah. it this game for me is really hard because I could see it being a win, I could see it being a loss, but you know, forty-four year old cars who's had forty-four years of being let down by this franchise, I think yeah. I am way more leaning in towards you know. Hey, how do you think I've been dealing with it for forty-six years, cars? So oh lord, oh you got man, years on you, buddy. Oh, terrible, <laughs> just terrible. Not as many as Phil, though. Oh God. Yeah, he's uh he's getting senior discounts at, at Denny's for breakfast these the days. The big five oh next year, next summer. Yeah. Less, less. My wife will have put me out to pasture by that point, oh, so yeah. I don't have to worry about hope. it. I'm ready for a nap. <laughs> so let's let's dive head first into this, man. Let's go. So I think the the first thing I wanted to show, uh, and we could talk through a little differently, is I you know when we talk about change. Where does change really start? And and you want to look at these snap counts, right? So uh, when you look across the board at the way that they use things, there are two really big things that step out uh, stand out to me. One was less Montgomery overall, right? So we saw a lot less Montgomery with more Herbert actually uh, sprinkled in, right? So we saw that heavily in the past game where they do not – Monty will start in the background and will go motion out wide, but he will not start out wide. With Herbert, right. they absolutely will. The other two takeaways is one, Nikhil Harry had that many snaps in his first week back, took a lot away from Dante Pettis, right? So when they go heavy, his size and his ability is really a nice feature for the Bears to have. Yeah, that's and that cars we I talked about it on BHL a little bit. That was a point of emphasis for Ryan Poles with the wide receivers that he brought in. Absolutely. It's the same thing with Byron Pringle. And that's yeah, you know, I'm I'm totally fine with 
Dante Pettis just giving us some reliability as a punt returner and taking a back seat as a wide receiver. I'm I'm totally fine with that. Absolutely. And and you saw in the way that they used him, whether it's mm-hmm. on the jet sweep and things, and, and it really does add some further wrinkles. I think the the last portion that I find pretty intriguing was that the amount that Wesco is mm-hmm. already being used and sprinkled in. Yep. And so when you look at this, what you can really start to get a sense of is how heavy the Bears really want to be. So this is going to put more of an emphasis on wide receivers to go win one-on-one routes. But the best way to really beat this kind of too high safety looks that we keep getting is to go heavy, to yep. pull everybody in, to really to really run. And, and we saw that we saw the success in the run game and everything else push New England away from looking at, at too high safety. So it was a really interesting to compare between weeks because the amount of offensive snaps were similar. Uh, but man, it, it, they, it couldn't have been more different from a look point. Totally. I, I love it though, cars. This is, we've been talking about this. You bring in the personnel you know what they're good at, and now they're marrying the offense to that. And oh, yeah. Matt Nagy just – they were flying – oh, I have a history with this guy. We're going to bring him in. He'll get here. We'll figure it out when I press the Y button on my remote on game day. Yeah. You know, and that, literally, that's what it felt like. I mean, Phil used to talk about that constantly. It's like, this motherfucker's playing Madden out here. And then – you know, after they finally let him go and we have four years of it, we're looking at it. We're like, yeah, it, it was. He really was. And it was just there was no context to what he did. There was nothing that you run in the first quarter that was setting up a play for you to run in the third quarter or the fourth quarter. There was there was no rhythm. There was no rhyme or reason for any of it. It, there, he was never playing chess. You know, one of the things that we kept hearing on, on Monday night was that the Bears took things from the Baltimore Ravens scheme. Yeah. We never heard that. There nope. was never any change in the way that that went around, right? So we just, uh, sorry if you can hear my kids. I always tell them don't run oh. by the door and then they do anyway. Um, of course. Yeah. We all have kids. We know. <laughs> but, uh, it, it's really fascinating that they, it wasn't just that they made changes, but they watched around the league and they looked at Lamar and they said, you know what? A lot of that skill set lines up. What makes him look so good? And that's what we started to do. So, you know, what again, what gives me hope, Shane, is we've talked about second half between first half and second half, way different in the way that they play oh, yeah. calls, right? They com- completely alternate. Now we've seen them be able to do in-season adjustments schematically. So there's a lot of hope, and I always hate using that word, but there's a lot of hope because we're seeing change happen, and it does feel... Uh, it's not It's not even just in-season cars. It's in-game. We've oh, yeah. It. You know, and that that's, speaks a lot from where we came from because it we would literally ram our head into a brick wall and then wonder why it hurt under Matt Nagy over and over and over again. It was the same thing every week. And hope is the perfect word for it because we were hoping for change. Every time they brought in somebody new, every time there was a new new draft pick and they're like, ah, oh, 
Yeah. This is the guy that Matt Nagy needs. Now they go out, they make the move for Justin Fields, and the whole fucking time the guy that he wanted was Nick Foles and, and Andy Dalton. It's he just, would have wanted Mac Jones. Like that would have yeah. been the rookie guy that he yeah. went after. But the simple fact to your point that he didn't even make it a QB competition. He just automatically handed the keys over to Andy Dalton, no matter what. It was, you know, I just look at it and I go, God, how bad, <laughs> like how bad is it that these basic things are like awe inspiring for me as a yeah. fan right now, but it's, it's super, it's super yeah. important. <laughs> how do those Andy Dalton fans feel right now? Philadelphia is undefeated and they have the number four pick in the draft right now. Because they own New Orleans and now they're, you know, moving off of Jameis and Andy is going to be the guy moving forward with and, them. And it's, I mean, he threw two touchdowns last week to the other yeah. team. So, I mean, he was in yeah. prime, prime, right. <laughs> yeah, you, you, but yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's crazy. Like it, it's, it's again, it's really encouraging. And I think that's a good segue as we start to talk about like what those looks kind of were. Yeah. You know, when we look, um, one of the biggest changes we saw early was a lot more 12-21, right? So remember, 12, one running back, two tight ends, 21, two running backs, one tight end. So one of the biggest Achilles heels this season for the offense was bad first down play calls, setting us up into second and longs, which inevitably led to third and longs. Doing this on early down gave us more success. Whether it was wide receiver screens, run games, etc., uh, it really helped kind of give us a little bit more consistency on first down. Motion is fascinating. Uh, yeah, we're yeah. sitting there about sixty percent of motion. So again, we're we're doing these things. Uh, it's why I always got mad when people are say they've not done anything to help Justin. Maybe it wasn't enough. But doing things like motion and helping them identify man, zone, what coverage was happening, who is going to blitz, who is not, all of that sits down and, and really plays a, a big part. Shotgun, we're about 60-40 in the shotgun, uh, right? So again, shotgun, give him a better view of the defense as they're laid out before snap to help him diagnose coverages. So these are the little things that we're doing. But last week, it got really interesting in usage. When you look at those numbers down below, we were three wideouts roughly 30, you know, 50% of the time. And we were heavy personnel 50% of the time. And, and most importantly, it was 21. Big time. And, and when you look at that, um, and, and if you go back, let me go back real quickly to snap counts. Blas game was in for only 14 snaps. So when you start talking about what that 21 looks like, yeah. Yeah. that was a lot some Monty and Herbert. That was yep. some Herbert and, and Ebner. So really getting creative on those overall um, on those overall numbers. And then last but not least, Right, this is the first week we've ever had any sort of success on third down, and as a team that had come in to this year not having converted a third and ten or longer since 2019, to do it twice in the same game, which was in the same drive, yep. was super super amazing. Um, 
So again, all of these things started to add up for us into these, these big changes, right? We're going to go heavy. We're going to spread the defense out. We're going to do a whole bunch of different looks. And it really paid dividends. Part of the reason, if I go back to this real quick, part of the reason that we were so successful is that finally we were third and five and less 50% of the time. Imagine that. It's it's really simple, right? Like it's really simple. You get third and three, third and two, third and one, and you go two backs with with fields. Yeah. Nobody knows where that ball is going. So it does really help us out. Yeah, and that's the thing, man. It just to me, I'm going back to, to marrying it to your personnel. And you, you talk about blazing game cars. You and I were talking about them pre-show. Not a ton of snaps, but he's making every one of those snaps positive. And for, I mean, if I know there's, I should have looked that up and brought it out, but there's um, next gen stats out there for every snap that he is in for the positive yardage that is gained mm-hmm. in blazing games is 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 through the roof and we also mentioned he is a guy that i would go to and i know there's not a huge call for fullbacks but there's still enough teams out there looking for them i would 100 percent have him earmarked as a guy that i would go to now and offer a contract extension to uh give him that security to give him you know, that, that positive outlook and that optimism that he's wanted and he is needed here. And he is a big part of what we want to do moving forward. So he's, he's a hundred percent, a guy that I would uh, be cutting some new paper for. And and we're going to highlight kind of two of those blocks here in a second, but I'm with you. He's a guy uh, that completely deserves it. And so let's, let's start off. Cause I think some of the ways they use him are really interesting. If you look at this formation, yeah. This is a this is actually a very heavy 22 formation. You've got two tight ends here on the line. Uh, but behind the other tight end here is number 35, Blazin game. So when you watch him and just kind of watch the way that he will seal and kind of in the hole. So he gets in and right there, he's engaged inside of a guy creating just enough space there to get Khalil Herbert in and and some extra yards. So he's been, like, again, if you watch this, just watch the way he comes in and he ends up picking up the linebacker and really getting that extra extra space uh, that really makes Herbert move. And if you look, let me add, uh, this is kind of fun. I feel like a, I feel like a, like, 90s John Madden right now where I can... (laughs) Just get the telestrator. All you um, need is a turducken. <laughs> Done. Done. Um, but as another one, right, when we're sitting here, and again, this is a 22 look, but just watch where Blazin game goes and how he starts to create things in space. So hitting, yep. look at the contact and taking a guy completely out of the play. He plays, and, and on the touchdown that Monty scored, right? The yeah. way he oh, is yeah. pile-driving that individual. Like, you, it, he is so much fun in that game. And they really haven't started to use him enough in the pass game, yeah. which is really next. But those are some nice, nice big plays overall. You saw a couple of times 
in preseason. We've seen it against the Bears when he was with yep. the Titans. But uh, they, geez, I want to say they attempted like about it. I think it was about a 40-yard pass or like a wheel route to him in the preseason. Yep. You go back and look at it. So he's he's got that extra gear as a fullback. And I'm really excited to see him get more snaps because, like I said, everything, the snaps that he's been in there for, have positive results and yeah. definitely trending in the right direction for that. And and it, it's a lot of fun because I think the other thing I wanted to, to hit on while we're doing it is, so if, if folks were listening, you heard a lot of talk about how we've been forcing facing a lot of too high safety looks, right? So if we, if I just, I will show a video on this, but in this picture at the 35 yard line, what you're looking at is too high safeties. Yep. What the Bears have done really well has been to play vertically, right? So it's basically like one out of every uh, six completions is going for greater than uh, than 20 yards, right? So you're talking about just significant big plays. So what have teams done to adjust? They've started to do these plays where it's too high safeties. If I edit here, this is the, the video of where that, that that scene was, the look does not necessarily give you that too high safety. No, not at all. It looks like the one safety is in the box. We see this a lot with the way that Minnesota uses Harrison Smith, right? Where they have yep. him up on the line. They're threatening the block. I hate that fucking guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's he's... I would love, he's one of those guys like Dennis Rodman. You hate him if you're yeah, playing against him. he plays him, for your team. And yep. then you love him. But when you watch this play, watch the safety here closest to the hash of, of what he does and how he bails. Now, this has been a great play because there was there are multiple layers. So again, Getsy's done really good on layering routes and giving kind of deep, shallow, and mid looks all day long. But this play, watch how right there, that safety at snap has already dropped back yep. about eight yards. The other safety is covering here, uh, you know, back to the other corner. And so what you're going to see is this is going to be St. Brown at the, the hash in the middle that's going to eventually work his way open. So as this comes over, that play, though, is what we keep seeing. And so... By going heavy and doing some of these additional things that we've done, it's really kind of changed the way that we've attacked other teams. Absolutely. And, and it's it's again, those are the type of plays that we've we've got to watch for because those are going to be the type of things that are going to be consistently on display now with where the Luke Getzi offense is. Yeah, man. It's just it's I, I wanna be wildly optimistic and completely i'm excited for the game cars oh yeah i've just been i've been scarred by this team way too many times you know i can i can just look back to last year you know justin fields coming off that pittsburgh game we thought that that was a defining moment moving forward yeah yeah (laughs) and it's just it's crazy how it works but i mean if they go out and they put one on dallas then that next week for TTNL, man, it's gonna it's gonna be a whole different vibe. You string another big road game, another uh, dominant performance by your team in every. And this is the thing. This is the thing that's key. It's not we had a wildly hot quarter and then 
tailed off for three quarters. The Bears were consistent for the most part all the way through the game in every single phase of football. And that is so rare as a fan of this team. Yeah. I mean, Pettis made a play on special teams. Cairo Santos, I, I, I don't even know what to say about that, dude. That One of Ryan Pace's best best moves absolutely pickups pick and extensions and you know that he locked him up and people were killing him at the time but he's mr automatic and you know you can always question question him from 50 plus but he he marched out there the other night and man he's as automatic as they come and it's one thing with cairo there's there's no play in yeah. that football it's balls on dead hey. center it's what you have to love about him, right? Yeah. And and yeah, you're right. But to me, the, the money a kicker makes is 40 to 49, right? Because yeah. that's the most consistent Absolutely. place that there are. Absolutely. And what I love, like a Lutz or a Butker that I can know do 55 yarders consistently. But it's rare, yeah. Yeah. But I will take that guy who you just think is automatic from 45 on in, and that's a big win. Um, yeah, and it's it's – it's very comparable to a, you know, just drafting a quarterback just based on his arm strength. Yep. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, sure, it's nice. But if you're uh, Hackenberg out of Penn State that has a howitzer on his shoulder, but, you know, he can't hit a bull in the ass with a banjo, it doesn't mean anything. That's the so, old Ryan Leaf, right? Like, yeah, that absolutely. Is, that, is, that is key. Um, and so I just, I wanted to highlight this question real quick. Because no, Alex, I don't think we're going to adapt them based on our formations. You know, we uh, Shane used to always complain during uh, what I can't remember the offensive coordinator now. Uh, what he said, we take what the defense gives us. It and was uh, Dowell Loggins. Dowell, thank you, Dowell. Um, but no, I think right now. Part of this will be stubbornness because the Bears are going to need these formations. Now, now, granted, this helps us a lot because going against Dallas, you want to go heavy to chip against Parsons and the edges, and you're going to want to do a lot of different things. But no, I don't. I don't think we're going to really adjust based on on that. I think we're going to set the tone. This is who we are. This is what we do. This is what we do well. Um, and so I think that's all going to look a lot the same so i yeah. i don't really expect any big um yeah but real quick i tonic you're you're gonna be you're gonna be pretty upset then brother because <laughs> sam's starting sunday i mean the head coach literally already said it yeah he's gonna be the center so he, he really you know. is and he really is and it's again i think it's sad that kramer got hurt because he was ahead and i'd be interested to see but you know, barring injury, 67 is the guy probably right now. Yeah, and before you get on to the next one, Cars, one thing, I think you and uh, Ryan Cox and I, I think Ryan shared the the tweet with you and I from Robert Mays talking about the, the similar transition that Philadelphia went uh, through almost at the same identical yeah. time. And if you go back to these Cars keys, you know, early on, Philadelphia was wildly involved in when we were comparing this is Jalen Hurts year three, Justin Fields year two, but this is actually Justin Fields year one yep. in the the growth of where Jalen Hurts is. Yes. And the Bears 
are right on par with their transformation with this offense and where Philadelphia seemingly pivoted and essentially started to, to right their ship. And that that's another positive key cars because we, we talked about, you know, looking to, to Baltimore and, and it wasn't just them. It's yeah. not just ba- Baltimore. You got to throw Philadelphia into this mix. And, and, you know, I think uh, didn't Hogan Johns, they were talking about Buffalo also there. Yeah transformation so that's that's another team in there and that that's this is a this is about as big of a game that the chicago bears have had since the nfc championship game that they lost to they gotta show growth right yeah you gotta show that consistency because we're sitting here and believing in them yeah And, and so yeah because uh there's no such thing as moral victories, right? But there is a victory here. You're if trying we to start a war? No, <laughs> no. But if we go out and we lose, <laughs> but we still play well enough on offense, right? Because yeah. this is a, no, this is a tough Dallas team. Yeah. So if we still play well, I'm going to be extremely um, confident and happy where this thing is going forward. And so that's, you know, we've, we've hammered on this all season, right? It does not matter how we start. It matters how we finish. Well, guess what? This is now when we're getting to that week eight, nine, ten. So that we, we talked about, yeah. That we kept talking about. So now, like, if we go out and drop 20-plus against a defense, by the way, that is only giving up 18 a game, but if we go out and give up and, and score 20-plus, I feel conf- more confident that this is heading the right direction, that it's much more of that that Jalen Hurts mode than anything else. Yeah, and they, I mean, they lost to Philly. They lost to a, a quarterback that can make big plays with his arm and bit even bigger plays with his feet. Yeah. Um, it's the threat, right? Because that but, threat of right, a exactly, portion, exactly. You know, we laugh about it a lot when you when you look at everybody focuses in on on Dallas and the twenty nine sacks, and it's a great number, but. The sacks come against since 15 of the 29 come against Cincinnati, who's like second in sacks given up. Uh, the Rams, who are fourth or fifth, and uh, I've got it in a slide in a second, a picture in a second. Like, yeah, they're they're beating up on bad teams, but they didn't get Washington is a very bad pass blocking team. Guess what? Yeah. They only got to Wentz twice, yeah. right? So that they're very good at getting at at. Um, kind of e-mobile guys or guys who are not the most. Uh, so when we continue to see us moving the pocket and doing those other things, those are the things that I, I continue to expect to see more of. Um, so with that, I want to show one quick play about moving the pocket and where that, that change happened. Because let me pull back here for a second. So this is early on in the game. What I want you to watch is, is Cole Komet here up at the top. So if you remember early in the preseason, we saw a lot of these plays where Justin would roll out and big plays would happen. And so the adjustment that teams made is in this type of play action move, the defender that is on that side just plants the foot and runs hard at the quarterback. That's what we've seen. So how did the Bears adjust, right? So everyone's kept saying, why aren't the Bears moving the pocket more? Why aren't they moving the pocket more? They aren't because teams had adjusted. So now the Bears have adjusted to that. So if you watch where Cole Komet here is at the top of the screen, 
Now look at the way he comes over and shadows. Yep. So that if this defender puts his Just leg in, case. in right. he's got to go through 85 now. Now this worked out really well. This is also one of the plays that you heard about Justin moving through some of his progressions, right, to hit Equinemius on this play. But that change alone, right? Like, so how do teams have adjusted to us? Teams have made this big change in seeing our move. So now we're going to counterpunch the counterpunch, and this is how we're going to go through attack. I think stuff like that is really big. Um, because if you're going to want to keep moving the pocket so Parsons can't just pin his ears back and go, having an extra protector like that or, or Blas in game or anyone is going to be massive. And, and that's the thing, too, is if you want to make him even more ineffective, you run right at him. Yeah. And that's where David Montgomery is going to thrive. You know, Khalil Herbert can bounce off a tackle and, and bust one off for 38 yards. We've, we've seen that week in and week out. Who's the, lead, who's the leading rushing team in the NFL, Cars? you have any idea who that is? Uh, I believe uh, it is the team <laughs> led by Khalil Herbert, which is actually statistically true uh, that they are led by Alan Bratcher. Just Alan Bratcher just fell off his couch. I, I you, say that. you know who knew Alan Bratcher was on the Khalil Herbert being he the was. guy from the beginning. So I, I do have to give him some credit. Um, so twelve fifteen lost a gem. Yeah, I mean it's. <laughs> It's, happy anniversary, Alan, by the yes, way. Yes, happy Alan anniversary. What a, that's always fun to celebrate. But it is poor girl. I'm kidding. It is <laughs> it is interesting to sit down and see, you know, uh, how that's that's transpired. Yeah. Um, there's one there's one other or two other plays I just wanted to show quickly, if you don't mind. I jump right into it. Um, the other one when we start talking about uh kind of some of these dual running back plays. What I really love about these looks is now when you want to get to a point where you're going to run the ball, this is Monty, this is Herbert, and it's Justin. And so in these instances, right, in an RPO, you're going to spy. And a lot of times in a two-back set, one guy is going to go follow the fullback as, as a way of taking on that block to clear on for someone else. Now that doesn't exist whatsoever. You've got three guys that at any point in time you've got to sit down and worry about are going to be running the ball. So this, again, is a change. We see, we've seen the eye formation. We've seen kind yeah. of Blasen game out there. Now we can come by and, again, coupled with motion, really change, um, really change what's happening. And what I love about this, and, and one of the neat little things that you're going to see um, – and I want you to, again, focus on Cole Komet because yeah. it's part of this marriage of the run game and the pass it's, game. It's hard to miss it on this play card. Yeah, it, it is. But what's really what they do that really is helping marry up that run game and pass game is tight ends in a lot of plays, whether it's run or pass, are ignoring yeah. the blocker right in front of them. They are getting out into that second level. So now... You know, if, if a guy stays in and blocks, they know he's not running. But now that they're going in, they don't know still if it's going to be a run right. or a pass. So if you watch the way that Cole kind of dips his shoulder to get around a guy and then get to that next level, 
So getting to that second person, trusting, and I right. want you to watch because it's Judon up top. <laughs> yeah, he gets the old okie doke, oh shit moment yep. right there. He's he's gonna follow that guy and go. And so these moments are really truly important because the biggest issue we ran into Nagy outside of anything was that run games look completely separate and not married at all to the pass game. Now those things are happening more and more frequently. If you look at um, anything that we're doing, right? All these all yeah. these guys are going in and out. They are weaving, duck, ducking their shoulder. It showed up. I'll show in the too high uh, play again. So give me one second. I love balls. <laughs> you can interrupt me to play that one at any point in time. When you watch what some of these guys are doing and getting out and just getting free and avoiding the rusher and not taking on that block because they know someone else is going to be there. <coughs> and that trust of knowing that they'll be there uh, is extremely big for this offense. Oh, for sure, man. And then the last one, Shane, I want to show, because it's almost like you knew what I was going to be talking about. Uh, yeah, imagine that. It's, it's kind of weird. Uh, there's two, actually. So one is this toss game play. Now I have to remember if I have the right one. Uh, yep, this is the one. When you watch the toss game, right, one of the things that has been much bigger for the use of Khalil Herbert has been the way that we are doing tosses to the outside, right? How do we spread the defense out? You're starting to see these toss plays get really effective. Watch the way that Braxton comes around to get outside. I understand he's not getting someone at that moment because there's no one there for him to get. But you are seeing all these guys basically in motion, getting out to the next level, going to go hit somebody, right? You notice that Lucas Patrick on that one skipped the first yeah. guy to get to the second, the second guy. Yeah. There's a, so much trust in these running backs to make the first guy miss, and that is on both of them, that they're getting to the second level and the third level. That's why we keep seeing all these big run plays. We see all these big chunk plays because our guys for the first time are out into the second level. The, the last play, and then we'll talk, um, because you like to talk about this one, is you know plays on plays. Yep. So all season, uh, while he's been here, we've seen this motion with Valus. Oh, yeah to be a jet sweep, right? We also hit this later on with Dante Pettis. So, yep. you know, changing the looks. Under Nagy, we only did this with Taylor Gabriel, right? Yeah. It was only Taylor Gabriel every time. And we've run this particular play multiple times inside the red zone like we are. So people have scouted our tendencies. So what does Luke Getze do? This is one where we can fake it and it's a keeper. And again, Look at the way these, these offensive linemen are pulling. Everybody is in movement. Look at the way that Tevin Jenkins gets out and completely seals the, uh, the guy out here on the edge. Watch 70, uh, 76 in second on the right, the way he just pulls, and boom. I had to do a boom. I've always wanted to do a boom, so someone <laughs> just had to deal with it. But all, how that sealed, that works because half the defense was just appearing and, and selling out believing that this was going to be another play uh, to Valus. So really fascinating in that overall use case. 
um, and the way that they are now changing all of this uh, in season. Yeah, we talked about Velas a little bit last night. I mean, with that play in particular, cars, you you essentially set it on a platter this summer, talking about essentially that exact play how they're going to use him. But yeah, they're going to also do that, and then you know he's going to go in motion, and that they're going to end up passing him the ball when he goes in motion. I picked my prediction actually was for the Bears to lose, but yep. my bold prediction for the game was Valus to get up top for a 58 yard touchdown. I think that that is, I think that that is, we haven't seen the big shots yep. to him downfield. And I think obviously his confidence level at, as a punt returner is at an all time low, yep. but I think they obviously still believe in this kid. And I think that they realize for him to get some of that confidence back, it's going to be a big shot, you know, up over the top. And I think it's coming in this Dallas game. I And, and so picture that play. Yeah. But now picture him taking his speed because he's already there and just basically running into already a go going. route. Yeah. Right? Like that's the sort of stuff. <laughs> and that works, again, yeah. <clears throat> because of guys like Mooney. But even more so, the other guy that I'm, I I tweeted last week, um, the, pardon me, that I thought in the second half we were going to see more Nikhil Harry. I think this is a week two that that happens because where did he catch his first ball? Dead yeah. middle of the field. Where did most of his stuff go? Kind of yeah. middle of the field because his size, his ratio, what he can do in the blocking game works. So as we talk about like stacking these layers of plays, if you put Velas on the outside, and just give, you know, Harry on his side and just have him kind of settle somewhere in the middle. Now a safety is going to have to pick, you know, really quickly. He's going to have to make a very quick decision if he's going to go with Phelous or not, because if he does right. not go with Phelous, Phelous is gone. And nobody on Dallas is going to be able to keep up with that speed. So now when I can start to mix and match some of those use cases, yeah, I... This should be a game where you see kind of the old Devin Hester one to two crazy yeah. deep shots in this game. When there's, and I think they're going to be looking to run these plays when they don't see too high, you're going to see them go really deep overall. Yeah, totally, totally agree, man. I think it's, I think that's going to be part of the game plan. I think they're going to, they're going to give him his shot to get some of that confidence back. And it's going to marry in with a confident quarterback. You know, with a confident team, with a confident defense going into their second big road game. And it's – this is – I don't want to understate how important this game is to where the Bears could be going in the future. I mean, you go out there and you beat Dallas in Dallas, it's second massive. straight road win. It's – cars, you don't know where it could go after that. If a young team gets confidence with an ascending quarterback, crazy shit happens in the NFL. You know, they they may run off some some more wins, you know, on a go on a on a win streak that that nobody was talking about. And I mean nobody we saw gave that a with chance Lamar. Yeah, right. We 100%. saw that with Lamar early on when all of a sudden teams had to respect it and he became more of a threat in that passing game. Yeah, man, when he figured out Mark Andrews is a guy he should throw to all the time, 
it was it was really big. So yeah, I was I was really fascinated by that, and I, I completely agree. Like you, again, even if you don't win, I think that momentum can carry if they go put out. 350 yards and 20 points or, you know, something along those lines and continue to hit the big chunk plays that they've done kind of all season. You want to see the, the, you want to see that graph. You want to see that arrow pointing up, even if they lose the game. Exactly. Exactly. And I, and again, this is a team I think that they can do that against. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's absolutely going to be, uh, if they go out and and win and drop 30 again, right? Like now, now teams have to be afraid, right? Like yeah. you do it once and it's kind of like, all right, nice. Can you do it again? You do it twice and against back-to-back good defenses. Back-to-back good defenses on the road. The teams take notice. Great yeah. other point. Absolutely. Like yeah. teams take notice. And now all of a sudden you're not going to see the deep, the too deep high safeties all the time you're not going to see that because everybody's going to start to be like i have to worry i need to stop this run game yeah yeah and i mean we've seen it time and time again i mean go all the way back to to 2001 you know we had greg blosh on keeping it 100 talking about it and you know you had the two big pigs in the middle with ted washington and keith trailer and and philip daniels was a huge man in and of himself Brian Robinson was the other guy. It was hard to run against those guys. They get into the playoffs against the Philadelphia Eagles with a mobile quarterback that can make some plays with his legs and, and run around and buy some times and dump it off. I still remember, I think it was, I think it was Cecil Martin, Donovan McNabb should have been sacked, ran oh, yeah. around, hit Cecil Martin wide open on his knees in the end zone. That kind of, you know, essentially ended the game for the bears, but, that's the thing. And I, Hey, I think it was Alex H in the, in the chat said, you know, he doesn't want to be a party pooper that Dak is better than Zappy. Yeah. We know D- Dallas has more talent overall than I think they're more explosive than, than new England is. They haven't been this. No, year. no, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah, I, I know what you mean, but I think I they have more explosive players overall. Yeah, I'm just saying, you know, yeah. with that ability, but when you have a quarterback that can essentially dictate momentum of a game with his legs, listen, we've all seen games when it's third and 13 and the quarterback gets out and picks up 17 yards with his legs. That is demoralizing. And that's not just happening one time a game with the Chicago Bears. We, How many times did we see it last week with Justin? Those big plays with his feet. Then that doubt is creeping in your head. You saw Matthew Judon on that play that you highlighted, yeah. Cars, uh, with the Cole Komet block on the outside there. He he was essentially paralyzed for a split second. He didn't know what was coming. He didn't know where to go. And that's for that's because of one person and one person only, yeah. Justin Fields. And you you miss this to your point. You hesitate. It's it's game over. Yeah, and it's. That's the type of pressure that he starts to add. And he's doing it while he's still looking downfield. You look at that play that I highlighted to Equinemius, right? Like yeah. There was yeah. room to run. And oh, so it sure. did freak people out. They stopped and charged. And he's doing the right thing is keeping his eyes down the field. 
Well, last night on the show, we had Alex H on to talk about his experience there in the stadium. And he he essentially mentioned that when Justin Fields converted that first third down, you could almost feel it in the crowd. They're like, what the? F- yeah. How? What the fuck? What? And then so that crept into the fans' mind. And then you hear Roquan Smith after the game said, it got so quiet in here, you could hear a rat piss. Yeah. That's what it does. It doesn't just affect the players. It affects the opposing coaches. It affects the fans. It it can change entire stadiums. It can change the feel of an entire game. And an inferior team can sometimes just punch you in the fucking face in Foxborough and win by 19. It's exactly what we did week one, two against San Fran, right? We just sat there. And we punched him in the face. Maybe it wasn't as big play beautiful as it was, you know, this past week. But this team has shown that if you don't take them seriously enough, and and the Bears are going to take every team seriously, but if you don't take the Bears seriously enough, you're going to get hurt. And and again, that's why I have hope for the futures because they've shown that every game so far this season. We're going to hurt you. We're going to play physical. We're going to do this. You have to take it. Yeah, absolutely. And little things always stick out to me, you know, where people may not take any interest in them. But again, you and Ryan and I were talking about it was Flus coming out and saying with the extra time that they had, they've been preparing for Dallas. Again, that is a departure from where we've been. Yeah. You know, we hear that and you're like, is this, this is really connected to the Chicago Bears? This should be the expectation with any coach. But it's so unusual. On any level. And unfortunately, we've had, you know, a clown uh, circus here for so long. But those are the little things that, that, that matter. And NFL is a game of inches, man. You keep on stacking up those inches and they're going to add up at the end of the day. And you're going to steal some. That's I couldn't it, be more excited about the game. But as I said, man, I'm still oh, you I'm got still you very cautious. Be. You they have to show me that they're they're ready. And, and they're, you know, it, there's some issue. Like there's some concerns. I'm concerned about Justin and his ball security, whether it's fumbles, or and I'm fourth. concerned about the interceptions because Diggs continues to make to make plays right, and yeah. and Dallas is. A plus six overall on turnover differential, right? Second in the league. So that's going to be huge. So, yeah, there's always those moments. But if we could just stack and, and do these things, then I get super, yeah. super giddy. You are going to see, go back to the, the Rams game when Darnell Mooney gave the double move yeah. to, to Ramsey. You're yeah. going to see that against Diggs because he has a propensity to bite on that and to bite hard. He did it at Alabama. He's done it over and over in Dallas. Philadelphia, that was a big part of what they were doing. He listen, the guy's a playmaker. He can he'll get interceptions with the best of them. But man, watch the double moves this weekend. That's going to be a big part of what they do. And that's the best part, too, cars. Talking about Valus, talking about Darnell Mooney. Those guys have the speed to not only blow it open, but just to be gone. Absolutely. You know, 
it would be Mike Evans in that 75-yard touchdown that he dropped. I mean, I'm talking that wide open, much like when Mitch missed missed Jalen on that yeah. play. That was, what, an 80-yard touchdown? Yeah. Would have been. So you got to put that down, put down double move and, and circle it and highlight it and put a star next to it because that's going to be a part of the game plan this weekend. It may not be early but the, you, you're going to see it a couple of times. They're going to take their shots up top, man. I'm telling you, it's a fast track and big D. They're going to well, try to take advantage of it. And and t- But to your earlier point, right? <laughs> yeah, Trevon Diggs has three interceptions on the season, but guess yeah. what? He's also given up two touchdowns so far yeah. this year. Uh, he's yeah. giving, it's 59%, but he's giving up the highest completion percentage that he's he's gotten. He will absolutely go out there and pick off passes and make some big plays. Yep. But he is also going to give up just as many as as he, as he takes away. And yeah. so they can't be afraid, and I don't think that they are. But yeah, it's um it's gonna be an interesting, it's gonna be an interesting matchup. Yeah, and I mean that's you're talking about hitting them up top. That's that's what the the lead, the number one rushing team in the NFL has to do. Absolutely. You got to go vertical. You have to go vertical. And this sounds crazy, Cars, but it's true. You don't even have to complete the pass sometimes. No. Because they they have to respect the speed of Mooney, of Valus Jones to get up top. They have to. It has to be a threat. You know, the biggest complaint I always had with with Mitch. Yeah. He was more Mitch than Nagy was that he would never take the deep shots. You got to throw them. You have to take these chances because otherwise you're right. Teams just sit down and they keep everything in front of them. They're content to let you sit down and do four yard, five yard, six yard pass plays and, and take away the big, cause they're going to count on you to make a mistake. So I, I completely, I could not agree with you more. You have to, you really have yeah. to push it. Yeah. And that was the thing, you know, you bring up Mitch and I know I always go back there, but it's important. And they would dial up the plays, but when he actually would do it, Mitch never even gave them. The, it was very rare for him to give them the ability to make a play on the ball. It would. How many of those passes were eight yards out of bounds on the sideline? We've seen Justin do that, unfortunately, a couple of times. He had that one to Mooney. It came out so goddamn flat yeah. when he threw it deep. And you want – that is a part of it, man. You have to – We've seen you Darnell make the circus catch, and this is Nikhil Harry is a big guy. We talked about this earlier, cars. He's a big guy, but his catch radius doesn't really fit his. It's his not a body Calvin type. Johnson. Like, no, it's not. Yeah. Even though he's big, but like you said, I hitting him in the middle. I want to see that red zone package where you know they haven't counted out uh, Pringle yet for this week. No. I, I would probably be a little bit shocked. I think that there's just more a little, you know, back and forth there to give them one more thing to think about. Not that they're yeah, scared he'll be of back Tyra next Pringle. Week. Yeah, yeah, it'll be next but week. But I want to see a package with with Wesco or and Griffith and, and Komet, and then you get Harry in there. Get get You almost want to see that basketball offense yeah. where you can box out some guys and then win those jump balls. Not to Taylor Gabriel that Matt Nagy used to fucking love. Throw those fades in the fucking end zone to the smallest guy on the field. It used to drive me crazy. 
we saw him them try to do that at the end of this first yep. half, right? And that's when Cole Komet was able to pull the pass yeah. interference that if there were two to three more seconds on the clock, the Bears probably would have tried to run one yeah. more play. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. I, that, oh, those that, are so important. That play that you're talking about, that pass to Mooney on the sidelines, cars, is not a, a – it's not a deep pass, but that was – that was as nice and, and beautiful of, of a pass as you're going to see any yeah. NFL quarterback make. And that's what you're you're seeing those things stack up with Justin. And I said, we we did talk about this too, but what I, I love about Justin and Phil talked about the importance of this. Him post-game, you couldn't tell if the Bears got beat by 20. Or one if by they, 20. If, if they kicked the field goal with no time left to win it or if they won by 19 points. As the leader, as the, the epicenter of this entire franchise, that is huge for a team moving forward. That's what you want. You want to you have the stone-cold killer, but you don't want to show it. It's, yep. it's like being in college and you go out and you have a few too many drinks and the dude that's always fucking yapping his mouth. You never had to worry about him. It was the dude over in the fucking corner that wasn't saying shit. You're like, I'm going to watch that motherfucker. He's oh, yeah. going to be that's going to he's going to be the one that wrecks everybody. That is what you want. You may say that it doesn't matter. People be like, well, this is stupid. It doesn't. That does matter. You're not worried about the fucking television in the complex being on because somebody's talking negative about you. That shit matters. It's why he's a natural leader. It yeah. is why it's why everyone genuinely believes. You know, we just signed a guy to a practice squad who was saying, I think this, you know, on Twitter was saying the yeah. week before, I think Justin's gonna have that game. Like people are drawn to him because of his play, because of his his attitude. You know, you it was such a big deal when he came to Ohio State. And he took over as a leader in that locker room yeah. almost, it sounds like instantly. And that, that those things are, it's natural to him, right? He's not reading books on it. It's all natural. <laughs> He's been under the spotlight since day one, right? Because it's always been almost him and Trevor Lawrence competing for that number one QB spot from day one. So he's yeah. grown up in that spotlight. He chose two massive schools, you know, between Georgia yeah. and then Ohio State to play football for. So yeah, it's, no me, no moment is too big for him, and I, I love, I love his even keel. I loved last two weeks ago when he said, "I'm tired of being close. I'm tired of being close." And that those things matter. Yeah, I'm tired of being close, and and we can't undersell the fact that eleven minutes before that, the head coach was out there saying, "Guys, we're," I'm telling the guys back there in the locker room, "We're we're close." I I have no problem with. Justin going against that. No. Because he's going to be the guy that's going to get you there ultimately. He's that it, it goes back to your point cars. That's what a fucking leader does. And you're right, man. It's it's not Mitch. Well, why are you reading that book, Mitch? Well, because that's what leaders do. I still to this day hear that and it I don't think we've the, heard about a single book that Justin has had to read on leadership. No. No. Exactly. He doesn't need to, but, and that's, that's a big thing. You know, two of Justin Fields' biggest games in the NFL are 
in you know the bright lights, big city prime time in Pittsburgh. Pfizer on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in New England. And that that stuff matters, man. And going down to Big D in a in a big game, you don't think that he knows what this means. And that is where having that quiet confidence, that's where sitting over in the corner of the bar. Yeah. And letting everybody else talk their shit and your business like over there. You're the silent assassin. That's that's what I want in my leader. That's what I want Abs- in my quarterback. Absolutely. Like in and again, it's that's the fun part of where we are because at no point did he ever get the sense, even when things got bad, that Justin had lost confidence in himself yeah. or what we were trying to do. Right. He was he's he's been good with it the whole whole way. So uh, there is one question I want to tackle before we go yeah. on to prepping a little bit for um, uh, for for next week or for this week against Dallas. Um, so really, to me, and I don't know how you feel, Shane. Yes, the defensive line did much better in gap response. Watch the first play of the game. Tell me what that one tech did. Very first play. It makes a difference. Justin yeah. Jones played very well. Yeah. But also, that was probably the best game in run defense that Morrow and Rokon <coughs> really yeah. had, too. They stayed, to me, as big as one tech was, it was the two linebackers uh, that made the biggest difference for us. Yep. Penal, I do think, um, dumb penalty aside, has made a good impact yep. later in the game at nose tackle. And so... As we get to the draft, I think that you'll you'll look for something like that. Uh, but no, I think the bigger portion here was gap responsibility yep. by everybody well, was way better. And cars, that's the that's the thing. And I know that I've become the the anti Roquan guy, and that's I don't want to be that. I I believe in Roquan. If I I I literally have my 2018 top 30 that I can bring up. And share with you guys. And I had Roquan extremely high on my top oh, 30 list. Believe in so it. many skills that but just not, not cars, many. Have. You, you and I both, his gap responsibility, his gap integrity is just Terrible. not there on rundowns. He'll make the occasional play, but there's a lot of guessing going on. Maybe it's because he's in this new role, but I mean, going back to every year in the league, Roquan, his his run fits are poor, and, and there's no other way to say it. And I'm not trying to bash on the guy, but it can't. That is what is giving these guys pause to give him what he wants. I think that there's some questions, obviously beyond football, that they're probably worried about with Roquan. Oh, yeah. Uh, the buying in, you know, it's, I think he's got, I, I would like to see Roquan drop 10 or 12 pounds and get in, in, in better shape and be even more explosive. Um, those are the questions, but man, he was my prediction last week on keeping it 100 for my, my bold prediction was two splash plays from Roquan he nailed in the it. New England game. And he got it. And that's it's. I always laugh about that. Well, he's leading the league in tackles. I don't fucking care. That's no, not what is. 
That's not what's going to get him paid cars. It's going to be him making impact plays from that will linebacker position in Fluce's offense because it's ready made for him to do it. Everything's funneled to him. Well, and I think what, what speaks to that is we're sitting here and we've played seven games, right? Yeah. There have been two games where I think that Roquan has, has stood out. It's this game and Houston. And and what stood out was he he guessed more right than he guessed wrong on his gap responsibilities. What's the difference between those two weeks and the other five yeah. is that there were more accurate guesses right and so that's why it's not consistent that's why it's not week to week that's why we're talking about week three and week seven at this point of being those two games listen much like the offense i can sit down and have hope that you know with the longer period and he did show better gap responsibility this week he did they fixed some of that stuff because the defense is better when he's on the field, but no if, doubt about it. And it, but they need that, him to take that next step. They do. They do. They need him. It's got to be. It's got to be more than the tackles, cars. It just has to be. And what's he's the got, difference in those two games? Interceptions, tackles yes. for losses, yeah. uh, QB hits. I think in both of those games, right? So you're, yeah. you you nailed it. You absolutely nailed it. Yeah, and his hey, I got to give Flu some credit. He he. If you go and ask any Colts fan what their number one thing was that they disliked about Matt Eberflus in Indy was his unwillingness to blitz. It was my front four. It's going to be vanilla. We're going to win with those, and everything is vanilla behind it. He's opened some of that up. He's let Allen Williams take the reins on that and be a little bit more aggressive. And I'll tell you one thing. I'll I'll give Roquan huge praise here. I think he's probably one of the top three blitzers in the entire league. It seems like when he blitzes, he gets there. He gets home. And I wouldn't mind seeing more of that with Roquan. And I wouldn't be, hey, Dak is coming off a coming off a hand injury. And I know he can make some plays with his legs, but he's not, he's not Jalen Hurts. He's not Justin Fields with his legs. That fast track and Big D, man, you have some young athletic linebackers. You have to deploy them and put some pressure on Dak Dak Prescott, get him off platform. Keep on hitting that, dude. Those things all add up. I mean, but to your point, right, who's leading the team in sacks right now? It is Roquan Smith at two and a half. Who's tied for second? Is Jaquan yeah. Brisker with yeah. two sacks, right? Mm-hmm. So he is playing. Alan Williams is playing much more aggressively, and I think we could really do a whole show on how well that he is has this defense playing because of yeah. they're really not getting to the quarterback unless they're blitzing. They <laughs> they have been terribly exactly. inconsistent there. But for this defense to come through, and what is it? They're giving up something like. God, it, it's some ridiculously low amount of points. Um, they're giving up like 15, 16 a game. It's because of the way that he is disguising coverages, the way that he is blitzing, the way he is picking and choosing. They're, he's been extremely flexible. Alan Williams, I know there was a lot of concerns because of what had happened when he was in his run in Minnesota. 
he's been really yeah. phenomenal uh, all year long. Yeah, so if you go back to the 2018 draft, I'm looking at my top 32 uh, from where Phil and I came from. We had our top, we always would do our top 32, um, you know, and this is ranked by, you know, the best players that, that you feel are yeah. the most talented or the, or the best players. Number one, I had Saquon Barkley, number one overall. This isn't a mock draft. This is just how I'm ranking talent. Yep. talents. Number two, I mean, he hasn't lived up lived up to it, but he's a guy that maybe we may see even get moved. I had Bradley Chubb, number two. I think I, I Denver. So this question keeps coming up, and then we'll sorry to jump yeah, in. No, go ahead. But um, Denver is a team that you yeah. look at really big. I don't necessarily think it's going to be Judy, but I think yeah. a KJ Hamler is is there. Send him to me, man. Send him to me. Albert O, I think, is yeah. a player. I think you got to look at Miami with Gasicki uh, as a guy that is available because for some reason they they can't figure out how to use a pass catching tight end uh, in Miami. Um, so, but Chubb is another guy. Yeah. He's Denver's in a world of salary cap hurt because of uh, <laughs> just real quick cars. Travis, you're about to see more snaps, bro. We just traded Robert Quinn. That's exactly why. So you're gonna get your you're gonna get your wish. I'm sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. No, no, you're good. But uh, yeah, like Chubb, Chubb has been <laughs> solid, but he has never been. Uh, no, he didn't live up to the hype that he had coming in. Nope. But if you get back to the list, number three overall, I had Roquan Smith in yeah. the 2018 draft. Number three overall, I was I was very high on both of the top linebackers that year. Who did I have number four? I had Tremaine Nedbins. Oh, I, was a, I love I was, that guy. Yeah, I love that guy. It's yeah, free agent. It's gonna be a free agent. So that's gonna be, you know, hey, don't. I wouldn't count if they've if they can't agree to terms with Roquan and uh, agree to disagree. He's getting a phone call from Chicago. Edmonds. Oh yeah, he's got the length that they covet. He's much more like Shaquille Leonard in, yep. in all of those 100%. measurables. Yeah. And that's it. If, if Flus was the head coach at that point in time, it would have been him instead of. Totally Rome. agree. Yeah. Totally agree. And he's not going to sign for what Roquan's financial expectations are. And to be honest, I think if you went down the line GM to GM and asked <coughs> who teams would be prefer across all 32 teams, yeah. I think Edmonds takes the... the and he the, was... He's still extremely... He was 19, 19 when, when he was got drafted. drafted. Yeah. He was the, the Akoya... Uh, yeah. The Akoya just, to, just to fill it out, I mean, I had some epic misses here. Um, Quentin Nelson, I had number five. Harold Landry, number six. I was a lot higher on him. He was phenomenal until that ACL. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Vita Vea at number seven overall, just because of his sheer, you know, size and, and strength. And he's his a guy development that's gonna was play. great too. Yeah. yeah. But number eight is my first huge miss. And it was just, I was a huge fan of him, me watching and be involved in the SEC. Running back Darius Geis, I was a huge fan. I just didn't know all of the other <laughs> the off the field stuff that i had no access to oh uh and then i uh, finished it out with derwin james 
Then I had Denzel Ward on there. So that was just, I'm not going to go through the top 32, but those were the, those were the top guys on, on my list. Been great when healthy. And Denzel yep. Ward is one of two uh, 20 million a year quarterbacks. So, yep. yeah. And Travis brings up a point here and that's, you can't, discount that cars because what's the what's the tag number for 23 for a linebacker it's around 17.3 or 17.8 right around there that's in play if they don't want to move off of him because that's that's a discount as to to what they want and that's probably the value that they would want to pay him that's why he's not signed is because they want him to be Oh, I'm 17. sure that's what the, I'm sure that's probably what, you know, any first two years of the, of an extension is going to look like from Ryan Pohl's perspective is going to be that tag number. Oh yeah. So, and that's, you know, that's, that's business, but um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting, man, to see where it is. But if, if the, if the bears decide to, to move away from him, I would cars. I think you hit it on the head, man. Don't don't forget the name Tremaine Edmonds because he's he doesn't have a contract extension in Buffalo. I'm not sure if they're going to do it because Buffalo has other guys that they're paying a paying a ton of money. And oh, if they bad. go, yeah, I think he in the, let's the Bears are what 125.5 million, thirty, yeah, or is that what like it is? 135. So that you can front load the hell out of everything and, and that's and- that's smart business because cars what why it what's the benefit of doing that who are you looking at to to you're looking at one guy if you're going to front load all these contracts that is for what reason oh because you got to wait for when justin, justin Fields gets this yeah. extension so you know and by that time you're talking 50 50 55 million a season at that oh. point where he's going to be getting his and so there are two guys this season. You can go out really quickly and see the Bears do um, Mooney and Roquan and front load the hell out of those deals and then be in a place where, yeah, when Justin hits, now all of a sudden that $16 million that's for uh, for Mooney is 12 right? As opposed to like part of the reason that Brandon Cooks is available is because his deal is backloaded and it's 23 at the back end. If I could take these hits up front, players love that those deals because they get their money quicker. You're muted, by the way. Um, Jesus. See? <laughs> I'm used to that when I'm on a show with Phil. I just Oh, yeah. You just have to sit there. But yeah. to your point, Buffalo, Buffalo for next year is over the cap by yeah. about 20 grand. So Edmonds is not in play uh, as it sits right now. Yeah, and I mean, what is, I mean, obviously they have to pay it, but I mean, Josh Allen's number has to explode next year. It's, it's $39 million. Yeah. His his guaranteed salary is 27 but his cap number is just shy of 40 Yeah, so, but those are, that is, that is the, that's the poker game, man. That's the poker game of the off season, and it's, I don't give a shit if the Bears have $130 million in cap space. They're not just going to go out there and blow it and just throw gobs of money at the wrong players. It's going to be structured. It's going to be financially responsible. And like you said, it's going to be front-loaded. You're going to be – they're going to sign a guy and you're like, holy shit, how is he making this in year one? 
But then by year three, if it works out, you're going to be like, holy shit, we have this dude paid for with no guaranteed dollars left on his contract. And we still have him for three more years. And, and it's because, and but this is the offseason. Buffalo is a great example, right? When you talk about there are so many of these teams right now that are top heavy. You look at New Orleans with with where their salary cap structure is. You look at Buffalo, who's got between Allen, uh, Stefan Diggs, and Von Miller, has $80 million in salary, which a cap is going to be about $225 million. So you're thinking one-third of the overall salary cap going to three guys. So much like we saw with Miami this year taking advantage of Kansas City looking yeah. that way. Um it's it's very it, it's you could take advantage and sometimes get guys cheaper than you would normally because other teams have overspent thinking about this. Yeah, um, and bullets. But to your to your question, are you guys afraid that polls goes out and grabs Casey and Indy guys instead of looking at the rest of the market like Buffalo? I'm not, I'm, I don't think that I don't think that that is how um, Ryan polls is at all. I mean, you got you just saw them make a trade and him say Ian Cunningham played a huge role into it because of his connection to the Philadelphia Eagles and to Howie Roseman. Is he going to look to Kansas city? Yeah. Why? Because they Kansas city has backups on the offensive line that are young, that would start for a lot of teams in the NFL. And I'm going to throw a name out there and nobody's talking about this for Chicago and he's going to be a guy that is going to be free and I think that the I think that the trade today solidified that and I think that this is them saying that we have no intention of signing you long term and he is a guy that's going to bring the speed element to your team do you have any idea where I'm going with this cars mm -mm. is I could see Hardman in Chicago next oh year. yeah he's that yeah that is going to be that's going to be a wide receiver that they add because, and I, I don't want to hear anybody say that he's redundant with Darnell Mooney or with, you know, the speed of Valus Jones, the bears just need more guys. And I, I think he's, I think that they're going to move off of him in KC. I think he's going to hit the market. And I think that that is going to be the type of guy, because then if you double up, no matter how the draft goes, they just need more talent everywhere at that position. Everyone. Dante Pettis, Dante Pettis is not going to be here next year. Byron Pringle, probably maybe. not going to be. Yeah. Maybe at probably best. not going to be. We don't know if Harry's going to be here next year. I'm just, just depending on how, how the, the off season goes, there's the Valus Jones is going to be here. And uh, Darnell Mooney is going to be here. Very likely. Some of that money is going to go to Darnell Absolutely. in an extension in the off season. But that, that's the thing. They're going to be the overall that uh who was it? I think Ben Ricketts has said it a couple of times in the chat. This it's gonna be fascinating to watch because this roster next year is going to look wildly different. Oh, wildly. And and I think you know, when I look at, at Bullets' question, when you get in season like we are, absolutely these teams are going to lean a little bit heavier on the KC and Indy guys right. and guys that they know because they're guys that they know. But in the offseason, all of that that goes out. Yes, they went out and grabbed, you know, a Pringle and a Muhammad, and, and Muhammad has gotten 
better as the season has gone on and, and is solidified. I set that edge, kid. But like you look at some of those other moves of guys. Yeah. You had a Moro, you have, you know, a Nikhil Harry. You've you've got all these <coughs> other positions of players where they're going. I don't expect them to do that. I think yeah. the best thing that we're seeing right now is the Bears have a better understanding of what um Justin Fields professional skill set is right so because they put him in a professional <laughs> offense so now they know the type of people to go around and get and so now we we got to watch out because Braxton Jones and and I'm going to be really interested to see who comes in at tackle I'm going to assume it's going to be Riley Rife uh at first unless Leatherwood is is healthy but but I, isn't he technically is he still on the NFI list Yes, he is. Yeah, He's, I thought yeah. so. So they haven't moved him him up. Um, so that is a person, you know, those are guys that I think become very important. Sap nailed a name that I think is definitely, pro- well, I think there's a very good chance that T. Higgins, unless he comes back on a team-friendly deal, yeah. is going to hit free agency because they can't pay him, Everybody. Chase, and Boyd. So I think that would be. Oh, is he is he unrestricted in twenty three? I believe. Well, yes, because he's he's finishing his rookie deal, so he has gone all four <coughs> years. I didn't know. I thought that this was year three for him. No, because it's. Uh, I think it's four. No, no, you're right. It is year three. My apologies. Yeah, because but still, cars that with the the, you know, that is something that. Cincinnati is going to look into that's you know we originally we had brought up the before he got hurt was white hair for you know Higgins some sort of a package built around that but you you're seeing guys on their rookie contracts get traded if they know that they're not going to be able to resign Higgins then they'll move him for something that they can use and they'll have cost control for a couple extra years. But that's the extremely important thing. The reason we only got a fourth for Quinn was because of the contract. And you ate the money. Yeah. So now with a Higgins, you can probably return on a second round pick because he's, he was a second round pick. His contract value this year and next are very low. So now, you know, it makes an upgrade and you can give a little bit more. So yeah, I'm, it's going to be really interesting to watch, um, but I, you know, we'll we'll see what's going to happen there. Yeah, it is, and I mean, yeah, the name out there is Calvin Ridley, but I think what I understand, you know, they had a deal in place with Philly. Yeah, and then the news broke about the you know the the gambling uh, issue. I, I think he's got a real chance of being here, though. Oh no, no, no! I I I do too, but we can't overlook the fact that he wasn't suspended for one year. His suspension is indefinitely. And which is a joke. No, no, no. It, it, I, I, I understand. I know. I know you do. Yeah. You, the NFL gets fucking crazy sometimes, man. And that they may, they're more, they are probably more concerned about allegations with gambling than other Anything. factors that, yeah. Anything that Daniel Snyder has ever done. Yeah, that's absolutely. Way worse. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, look what we're doing. You know, we're taking this extremely seriously. And no, I think you have to be, but that's that's why you get an extra fourth round pick now, cars. It gives you another bullet for a trade like that. And you've got to listen, the 
the the deadline is coming up. Uh, Shane, you and I were talking about this kind of before we went on air. I expect Monday to be a pretty busy day because yeah. we'll be eight games in. Everyone will know their roles. And I think that the, the Robert Quinn deal is going to start to be the the one that, that tips. We saw that Alvin Kamara put out the picture of Michael Jackson eating popcorn, right, and getting ready. There are a lot of teams to move. If you watch New Orleans, New Orleans is in massive cap trouble. <laughs> Big time. They're going to start to make moves. I know you're always worried about Philly, but Philly doesn't have a lot of cap space. So the other thing you got to watch for this weekend to tell you who's well, close to making moves is who does renegotiate some deals here yep. leading up to this weekend well, to make those moves. And in the running back market, you have to look to who was involved in the Christian McCaffrey sweepstakes. Which was such a ridiculous overpay. Oh my God, big time. But you One know, the worst. Buffalo was involved in that. Philadelphia was involved in that. That was pre-Robert Quinn. But you know, they that's that's another team you can't do you think that Buffalo would love to add Alvin Kamara to that? They absolutely offense? need to. I don't, but again, <laughs> you have to watch them because they're gonna have to redo deals yeah. to get them in. 100%. So the pre biggest precursor that you want to watch the next couple of days is who's renegotiating and moving salaries. If you hear a Buffalo is all of a sudden done something with Von Miller's deal and they've kicked more out into the future or with yep. Stefan Diggs more into the future, that tells you that a guy <laughs> is coming in to get into fasten your seatbelts. Yeah, and I think Jared Perry had the name. Cars, I know you brought this up. McCoy, McCoy is that's the that's the move. They All will, day long. They will throw so much money at that guy this offseason. Yep. And and that's and he's still young. That is a massive win. And I'd like to thank, if we do get him, I would like to thank the New Orleans Saints for always thinking they had a chance when they never really did. Yeah, absolutely. And and I know the, the, the big name out there on the offensive line is obviously Orlando Brown. I mean, if he – for, I just can't see how – Kansas City's going to invest a first-round draft pick and then just let him walk, what, two years later, and he's still young. But if he hits the market cars, then that beeping noise that you hear is the Brinks truck. Is the Brinks truck backing up to Orlando Brown, and there's going to be a, just a check sitting in there and with a pen, and they're going to say, fill it in. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's going to be fun. Um, I, I don't have any concerns about any of that stuff. I really think that they now know um, they, they know who can play and what this is supposed to look like. So I, 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 they're going to they're gonna look everywhere because these guys yeah. want to win. Like, I do love the fact of how out there Ryan Poles has been this whole season, right? Yeah. Willing to talk and, and say these things. Um, I think that these guys are very hungry to turn this thing around quicker because you know if if next year we start getting in this place where we're winning and we're turning this around that's when Ian Cunningham is gone yeah right like those these are these are what uplift their careers and so I think we got to watch that very closely 100% and if he's gone what does that mean Two more third round picks, and which would make, allow us to go get a guy like a Kadarius Tony and give one of those picks up oh, in the man, future. I, I could not have made that trade though. I wouldn't either. Like at a fourth, oh. I completely agree. 
I would make that trade as Kansas City yeah. all day, every day. Oh, if as he, a Chicago Bear, no. Yeah, no, I he fits what Kansas City does. And I think that, that this is what smart GMs do. And this is what gives you hope with Ryan Poles because he came from Kansas City. It's where he learned. Absolutely. They're looking ahead. They know that McCall Hardman is going to be a free agent, and they know that they're not going to pay him. Yeah. So they're trading a draft pick or two draft picks for a guy that's under cost control for what well, this is year two. He's got the fifth year option on him. So they control him for the next, you know, three years after this. And that's that's a smart business move with I mean, if you look at Kadarius Tony's game and you break him down on oh. film, you're like, wow, that dude could fit in Kansas City perfectly. Any day. Yeah, like yeah. Like a glove. I mean, it is it is super it is super fascinating to see where he is at. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm with you. But I think I guess the other portion before I, we do anything about Dallas is the the other thing we got to think about now is winning these games does move us down a little bit more in the draft, yeah. which I think is a good thing. As much as I would love Jalen Carter, right? The more we win, yeah. the less oh, likely not... we are to be in that position. Yeah. Um, and, and it gives us more flexibility on the guys that are there to, yeah. to make a change. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing, man. I'm never gonna, I'm never going to be upset that we're, that we're winning. You know, the, the only time you, the only time that you do is when you're in 1998 and everybody knows that Peyton Manning's essentially a ready-made hall of fame type oh, yeah. quarterback and the bears go out and win a fucking meaningless game. And it pushes you down to what? Number four, number five, wherever they took Enos number five, I guess it was. Yep. That, those are hard to swallow when it's like the you know second to last game or the last game of the season. You you sneak out a meaningless win that doesn't mean shit because you still didn't have a quarterback. Yep. But no, now if they go if they go and win this weekend, man. That just tells me that Justin Fields took another step. This offensive line took another step. This defense is starting to gel together, and this coaching staff is is really oiling their gears and then finding their stride and i just want to flash this up right now if if this continues on one guy that i think is big time in play is quentin johnson from tcu the wide receiver yep. yeah i think that is a guy who the more you watch of him and his physical size and what he does that is a guy that i think makes a ton of sense if the bears are picking around, you know, uh, around pick 10. Yeah. And if they're there, I mean, don't you look in any given year, like, you know, there's three techs don't always go up at the top of the draft. They're the, you know, That's Tommy, Tommy Harris fell. I know Warren, Warren Sapp. Sapp because, you know, he smoked weed. He, he fell, but you look at even like, I know I always bring up Philly, but Fletcher Cox, is a guy oh, yeah. that guy that fell that would have been great. Aaron Donald fell. So yeah. those are the things, you know, and I, there's no reason that I, I would be stunned, floored if oh, Jalen yeah. Carter fell 
down there, but I'm just saying it's you're bringing up the wide receiver cars, but you, you this you cannot ever dismiss three technique in this oh, defense with this coach ever. A- absolutely not. I mean, it is it is the linchpin position even more so than weak side linebacker. And again, remember Lovey. Remember how good this defense when Tommy Harris was Tommy Harris and how bad this defense when Tommy Harris wasn't on the field. Oh, I'm not Julio, no. I'm I'm not jinxing it, man. He's, he's he could he's he's gonna be there in that range. I believe. Oh, he's top five. I mean yeah, easily it's, it's not only, top three. The only thing that ever stops that is I have a feeling we're gonna see a QB run very oh, early. You always, you always do. Yeah, you I think it's gonna do. be I think it's gonna be very similar to you know, like yeah. Bryce Young one overall, and you'll see a couple other guys that'll go really quickly. Yeah, if Stroud and, is seemingly flying up uh, all these boards, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, th- I I think he'll end up going over Bryce Young. I think the way it's going right now, yeah, yeah. and I think it's a mistake. But yeah, I'm just not. I'm not as I I like Bryce. I'm just I I've started to believe in him a little bit more as an NFL prospect this year. But overall, I I'm still very leery of the the frame and and him holding up, but. Bullets has a Bullets is a fan of Keyshawn Jordan. Johnson, the wide receiver out of USC. Since we're talking, you know, thirty years ago with Bullets here, that must be who he's talking about. That's his breaking news. Yeah, Jordan Addison is a is a really interesting <laughs> guy. I don't want to take it away from him, but yeah. it's the it's the the Quentin's size and and his difference making is and the explosiveness. Yeah, it's yeah. just so different. It's so different. Um, yeah. But there's a lot of guys I wouldn't complain about. Yeah, in HL, you're you're right. They're not ready. But I mean, doesn't matter. To be honest, yeah, Justin Fields wasn't ready either, and that wouldn't have prevented me from from taking him. You know, even earlier, if I was the Jets that year, Justin Fields is the quarterback of the New York Jets. If I'm, if I'm, oh, hundred percent, all day long. Yeah. So it's, that's that's none of, very rarely does a quarterback come in and they're ready to to go, especially in you know today. It's none of these guys are are truly ready. There's there's an adjustment period for all these guys. It's pretty rare when you get a you know guy like Andrew Luck that comes in. Or I mean, and you still you're going to see the high volume of of turnovers. Peyton Manning was the same way, but that's it was terrible. I mean yeah, twenty seven, I, I think, interceptions is rookie yeah. year, right? And that yeah. that's you take those. You're damn right. But yeah. Yeah. So um I guess yeah, the last right. thing we'll just talk about real briefly because we I love it when we tangent Shane. It's my favorite. Yeah. There you go. Um you know some things that we gotta be kind of aware of. So Cowboys yeah. are Pretty um, pretty brutal on offense. Um, I did want to throw up some of the numbers, right? So they they did they faced some really good defenses. So some of that could be slightly uh, slightly misleading, uh, but they really haven't made a lot of big plays. I think it's bad for us that Pollard is going to be playing and yep. Elliot isn't because the offense is way more dynamic with him out there. And, it is, uh, but but you know what, cars. The way that I have to, I have to look at it for a guy that's going to look, you know, yeah. bigger picture is. I'd rather have him out there alone than as a combo with that's Elliot on point. top of it. 
And it's a fantastic counter. Absolutely. And so, you know, I, that's, that's something that we really got to take a peek at. Yep. Um, defensively, look, I have second in takeaways. That's not right. They're second in plus minus. They, they yeah. have a lot of takeaways. They're second in points. They have not faced a lot of good defense so, or faced a lot of good offenses. So that is slightly misleading. Uh, but you see here the sack numbers, right? Second, fourth, fifth, seventh. They faced four of the top 10 worst teams at pass blocking. Yeah. And that for sure, um, you know, inflates a little bit of those numbers. Yeah. And that top team, the fifth impact, that's got to be Philly. It is. Yep. And they got smacked. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so when you look at the keys to this week, Dallas is not explosive, which is super weird for me to type out. Because you think yeah. with, with Gallup and CeeDee Lamb and all of these things, they have we have 21 plays of 20 yards or longer. Dallas has 18. That may yeah. not sound massively different, except we've done it on 74 less attempts. So they are they are playing very much a Mike McCarthy ball control, just stupid kind of offensive scheme right now. And they're doing a lot of this to mask. The sack numbers are slightly misleading because the offensive line hasn't been very good, so they've had to do things to get the ball out. But we have to make sure that we keep them non-explosive. That means CeeDee Lamb has to have as, as quiet of a day as possible. Um, back to kind of Alex H's question, you're going to have to see a lot of 12, 21, and 13. Yep. Uh, you're going to see chipping. You're going to see this. You have our, to. Have, <laughs> I mean, yeah. You have to, but I think our wide receivers have favorable matchups in yeah. that secondary that they can go and win. And you keep mentioning Philadelphia, right? The other biggest takeaway from that game, yeah. Dallas Cowboys had three t turnovers in that game. Yeah. They've yet to fumble the football on, on offense, which is unusual for them because Elliott, Pollard, and Dak all do give them up. So I do expect turnovers in this game but if you go out and you win the turnover battle and you kind of look a lot like you did this yep. week you very easily uh can can make that happen yeah and i think a key that you could add to this cars is the bears coming out the gates and swinging early and i would love for them if they win the toss to actually not defer yeah it, it, i would really like for them to come out on offense and try to set a tone I don't think yeah. they'd do it, but yeah. I don't think they would either. It's so I maybe that's just us, you know, looking back too far at this Chicago Bears team. But I think what helps a young team is, you know, they came out and they went up 10 nothing. And every I don't I'm not sure how many fans in here, and I'm just as guilty when they went down 14-10, everybody was like, here all right, it's done. this is yeah, next it's going to be 21-10, then 28-10. Here we go, same old Bears. Come out, those first 15 cars are going to are going to tell a lot with the confidence level and where oh, they're going to go. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, that's <clears throat> we'll find out very quickly. But I, I think it's a game that they really can yep. win. Um, and I think, you know, if you look at, kind of two linchpins that's going to have to be. Uh, this will not make me popular with people on this network, but it's going to have to be Khalil Herbert having a game much like he did 
this last week, both his impact and the run in the pass game. And on the defensive side of the ball, it's got to be Justin Jones. He's got to control the middle of that, that offensive line. If they do that, they can win. Get your hands up, fellas. If you can't get there, you got to get those hands up. You saw Roquan make a play and little things like that, like that. Oh, yeah. But all right, man, that I think is probably going to wrap us up here, Cars. Season one, episode 10 unlocked after a big victory in New England. But now we officially turned the page here at TTNL Network beyond oh, New yeah. England and, and look to Dallas. Uh, TTNL is going to have a different look this weekend on BHL. Bill is going to be in Dallas for the game with uh, Jim Larison. They're going to be on site. Uh, he may have a link to pop in real quick, depending on his service there and, and everything that's going on there. But Ivan Vargas and myself will be doing most of the, the heavy lifting. So it, it might be a rant-free BHL, I'm not sure what we're going to do there. Maybe we'll put the spotlight on Ivan and his sweet mustache. But uh, BHL will have it all covered for you guys, just like we always do. Look at those glasses. So here's a little promo to get you hyped for this weekend. BHL. Get the fuck out of bed, bitch. Go. Get up, get up, and then they got gold on. That's what we do, cars. Let's get out of here. Season one, episode 10. Bears versus Cowboys. Let's go, Bears. Good night, everybody.